Welcome to Fine Beats and Cheeses, where everybody loves a clown, so why don't you? I'm lying. My name is Leslie Gray Streeter. I am a columnist for the Baltimore Banner. I'm an author. I'm a single mom. And as a person who invited a whole really good friend on to explain to me about clowns, because I don't get it. Um, joining me is my co-host, who is not a clown, uh, Lynn Streeter not Childress. Today. Not today, anyway. I'm, I'm Lynn Streeter Childress. I am currently not a clown, um, but I I don't even know. We just came back from watching one child who is 10 play with a rock band from his music school in a bar. And so uh, that's where my head is at. And I had a pretzel. It was delicious. It was a baby in a bar. <laughs> in a bar. Yes. Start them early. Start them early. Exactly. And our guest today is the amazing, amazing, uh, he, he is our uh, sort of pseudo brother-in-law. Yep. And he is um, our producer yeah. and our editor. And he's the one who makes the magic happen. He says things like, and, um, Would you, next time, could you um, speak into your microphone? Things like that. So, yeah. Yes. Please welcome Sam Lewis. No, 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 no. Sam, can you tell us a little bit about you? Uh, um, Sam, I'm an artist. That's kind of where I leave it now. Uh, somebody says, can you do a thing? I do a thing. So I shoot video, do audio, photography. And the thing that you all are talking about today is um, I actually have a little side project called The Fool's World which is neo-Victorian clowns doing weird stuff so I can make some really sarcastic commentary on modern American culture. And today's co concept is clowns. If you hadn't thought of by the really bad um, analogies that I was making in our really sad intro. So, and one of the reasons I wanted to ask Sam, one of the things we do on the show, most of the time, Lynn and I have people on, whether we know them or not, but they talk about things that we are somewhat familiar with or have interest in and even things like when Rissa Miller came on and talked about the goth girls, it was not something that we had. I love the concept, but it's nothing that I really knew anything about. So it was very interesting. This is educational, both educationally and because it's a personal thing, because clowns rank to me somewhere between trip, my tryptophobia, which is like fear of little tiny holes and um, deep sea diving of any kind. <laughs> Tra clowns are up there. So I want to talk to Sam, who is a dear friend, who is basically family, who we love very much, about clowns. And just to tell me a little about them and what the deal is. What's the deal with the clowns? <laughs> so I was kind of, I, I, I wrote about 400 pages of uh, thoughts about all this when you first asked me a while back. And then I realized that none of it mattered. Because the actual question you're asking um, is so actually the actual question I want to ask you is why are you afraid of clowns? What's what's what is it? Because there's there's a bunch of different standard answers, none of which actually makes sense. Into so there's more there's there's, there's, there's <laughs> not the first time a man that I love has told me that I don't make sense, and that's okay. Um, <laughs> No, 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 no. You make sense. I'm just, you pick it apart a little bit, you may be like, I, I don't know. You know what it is? I think that 
And I'll be very honest. I think when I was younger, they were okay. And then I guess it's not even so much the clowns, but the way that clowns have been used in society and popular culture to portray things that are darker. And after a while, I think it got harder for me to separate the, that. And also, I think I'm from Baltimore. I want to see what your face looked like. And I'm a person who usually wear a mask, but I'll take it down if you need to identify while you're wearing, a, while you're wearing makeup. Why can't I don't know who you are? That's the issue for me. Also, um, <laughs> I guess there have been parts of pop culture where, and obviously there's it. But obviously that's a demon clown. That's not a regular clown. I think I used to find clowns amusing. Um, and then I used to find them annoying because I met some clowns who were lovely, but it, the shtick was like, okay, too much. And then I met like some clowns who used to like go to hospitals and like help sick kids. And that was really beautiful, right? So I know that it's not just clowns but then once again just sort of the way and also i think that also gets into moms which is a whole nother situation they can't even speak up to defend themselves they cannot but they they're climbing the wall they're climbing a wall anyway um in a box anyway (laughs) i i just there's just something i think about the deceptive nature of it and basically it's really i admit that it's knotted up in now sort of pop cultural um, presentations of of clowns. Lynn, do you have anything to add to this? No. <laughs> I I had a, a run-in with a racist Ronald McDonald in Green Bay, Wisconsin in 1999. Um, but... And that's all. I have, it's I have nothing. <laughs> no. No, no, no. I... What? No, I didn't... No. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, okay, I'll tell this story really quickly. I was doing a tour of a kid show um, out of the Kennedy Center, and we um, did a show, a weekend. We didn't do a lot of weekend shows at uh, University of Wisconsin. I think it was that we were in Green Bay, but maybe I wasn't. I'm not sure, but it was a day when um they had they were bringing kids and there was a guy who used to be um a uh, ronald mcdonald but he used to be he was in a bunch of mcdonald's commercials like what? as ronald mcdonald he was like the ronald mcdonald for a while right what? so anyway so he met met and greeted the kids it was really really wonderful that they got to meet him whatever blah 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 right <sighs> and i think uh, maybe it had something to do with ronald mcdonald house there and i want to say it was green bay but anyway what happened was is that there were seven of us in the cast, right? Six of us? Six of us. Maybe. Was he dressed as Ronald McDonald? Yes. Oh, no. He was dressed as Ronald McDonald. He was a meet and greet. No, yeah. but this was what happened. Maybe he wasn't racist, but this was what happened. <laughs> there were, I think, six of us in the cast. Three I'll of us back off black. the premise in the middle of the story. I know. Okay, listen. Three of us were black. Three of us were white. And so Ronald McDonald came and shook our hands, whatever, blah, 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 blah. So then he had written... Like postcards, like, thank you for coming, blah, 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 right? So after we got those after we had gotten out of costume. So we went and looked at our at our things, and there were three of them. Oh, no. That were just like, so nice to meet you. Have a great day. Ronald McDonald, blah, 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 right? But three of them were like, yeah, yo, what's up? No. Whatever. And we were like. <laughs> no. Is Ronald McDonald a racist? 
So anyway, that was her racist Ronald McDonald. And I'm sorry, if you, Ronald McDonald from Green Bay, Wisconsin in 1999 are listening to this. You committed a microaggression. You can comment, but it was a, but anyway, that's our story. But all that to say, if I hadn't, that's my only (laughs) thing about about clowns. Again, I feel... I'm going to decline to generalize from that instance. (laughs) (laughs) I I have nothing to say. No, no, but there's no generalization. That was just my bottom. I'm hating it. I'm hating it. (laughs) At least I didn't have to say that because it was playing in my mind about halfway through. I'm like, that's not right. That's not right at all. It's not right. And, and and don't, and McDonald's, it's okay. I will eat a filet of fish. Bring it. And if you fry a pie, if you start frying your pies again, I'm not lying. I eat the pies now. So whatever. And your sweet tea is amazing. So, but all that to say, clowns and I are okay. I, re, I feel though, like, I do feel like they get a bad rap. And I feel like. Mostly um, for me. Yeah. Most, Yeah. <laughs> But I, I mean, I know a guy who does, who's, who does clowns, who went to clown college and he goes to, um, hospitals, uh, children's hospitals and he's amazing. And so it's something I respect for, but I don't know a lot about, but I know it's easy for clowns to be a punchline. Sam, do you think, do you know about the murderous clown in Wellington, Florida in the 1990s? Do you know about the story? I, I I recall it going by, and when I was when I was looking at stuff for this conversation, it popped up briefly. One of my coworkers from the Palm Beach Post, Barbara Marshall, was on I guess twenty twenty or something. Basically, the short version is there was a woman years and years ago who loved clowns, just loved them, just had memorabilia and the figurines and whatever. So her husband, who owned a bunch of car lots, they were very rich. They lived in a place called Arrow Club in Wellington, Florida, where you could literally like land your plane i mean this is like rich people stuff so she's her mother's at the house she's at the house um gets a knock on the door there's a clown outside holding balloons shoots her in the chest right year 30 years later 30 okay so her husband goes oh my goodness her husband winds up like getting remarried to some other woman the leave town moved to the south 30 years later, they arrest his girlfriend, who is now his wife, as the clown. So Dang. they literally, what? so I want to, yeah, so I want to literally interviewing this guy. I think his name was Raphael. It was really sweet. Clown college, whole thing. And he talked about how he, the next day or the next week, was supposed to do a, a clown presentation in that same, uh, community and he pulled up to the, <laughs> the gatehouse they were like oh geez, no. nope <laughs> so and he had to like that he was like it was terrible and just what it did to the clown community and stuff. so i took that very seriously took that very seriously but once again i am not the first person obviously to associate clowns <laughs> with mayhem so Cl- sam why do you think that is why are clowns which are supposed to be at least in the american presentation jovial good with kids and stuff why do people like me maybe distrust them? Well, okay. So clown means a bunch of different things in a bunch of different times in history and to a bunch of different people. So in in my lexicon, clown is a kind of a bigger word than just, you know, the silly looking person in makeup doing silly things. 
it, you know, I'm back to, you know, Grimaldi and court jesters and, you know, mm. Greek choruses and, you know, that the fool has been a, uh, and Native American cultures all over. It, it's a, it's a treasured and, and powerful position to be in. Um, and that's where, that's where it kind of all sort of comes out from, I think. Um, the thing, the, the thing that I, and, and Leslie, you said it exactly. The thing that everybody says, they're, uh, you know, they don't like clowns, they're afraid of clowns. It comes back to the killer clowns from outer space. It comes back to the it. It comes back to the, basically, like, this, it's the same thing as with Chucky. Or, you know, you take a cute, easy, lovable thing. And the easiest horror trope is to twist a lovable thing into a horrifying thing. Because, it, you know, you surprise people a little bit, and then it's extra horrible because you've taken away their childhood happiness. <clears throat> and then there it is. And now that now that's what's sitting on top of the cultural stew instead of the original whatever it was. And the other problem is what people think clowns should be, which is funny, isn't necessarily what they're trying to do. Uh, entertaining mm. a clown in a circus isn't that funny by any objective standard for a couple of reasons one they don't have time they don't have time to develop any story you need to if you, you have a character you follow the character you, you know you need a plot you did that's not going to happen in a two-minute walk around you just have one gag one joke or you you know it's a it's a very quick <clears throat> it's a quick performance and it's it was in American circuses the clown was originally basically just to distract you know, between moving sets around or mm -hmm. and when somebody fell off of something, send the idiot out and distract the audience. You know, that's right. so. And even now, if you, if you look at a circus performance, very often it just looks like a dance because it's highly choreographed to be, get done in the amount of time it needs to be done to hit the musical cues and to be done safely. All of which is perfectly valid. Right. Still entertaining as all get out. I love circus clowns. That's not where I'm going with that. But people are like, you know, you look at that and that's not, you know, like that's not the paragon of humor. Um, and then there's a, the, a British trope where the clowns are just horrifying. <laughs> they're the, they're just the butt of the joke and that's all they are. Um, oh. And so, and that informs like the killer clowns from outer space. That's a lot of what informs that, I think. Um, and then it also comes down to there's a weird history in America. Well, all right, I don't have to tell you this. Everything in America has racist background. Everything. Yeah, it does. <laughs> so there's there's that is overlaid on some of the perceptions, not entirely fairly and not entirely accurately. But you know, if you have characters wearing curly wigs with exaggerated mouths, it doesn't take long for that to go. In a completely inappropriate way, and you know the that informs the history of clowns in America. So that I mean that that, that, that there's a legitimate conversation there, although that's not that's not sort of what's happening now. Fascinated by this, what first drew you to clowns? What was the first presentation of clowns? It could be anything that got your attention. It almost so. In, in my art and building things, I've always kind of tried to go for a blank slate. So uh, the whole painted face thing 
has always been sort of a, a, a go-to for me just to sort of take the actor out and build a new thing. Um, I make leather masks. I make the Commedia dell'arte masks still occasionally. The same basic interview. Mm -hmm. So what you're objecting to, which was, you know, why do I have all the makeup on? Why is the mask? I'm like, well, that's, that's, we're building a new thing. That's kind of what drew yes, up to absolutely. me. And then the fool's world happened because, um, I was, a, a model friend of mine was modeling some courses for me. She's a performer in, uh, Ren Fairs and didn't want to be associated, the one to be associated with the other. Cause she, it's not dissimilar costuming, but she's like, eh, it's kind of weird. So we just made a, a wild clowny kind of character for her and got attention and you know trying to sell things so attention is good yeah and then it just kind of got away from me if i'm honest so now it's a whole world it's a whole crazy thing but the point is it's a you, you look at a clown and you don't know exactly what to expect you know that the rules of discourse are going to be different you know that the whole conceit you have to sit there and see what happens you don't, you know, if an actor walks out on the stage, you kind of have a, however they're dressed, you kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. Clown walks out on stage, you think you have an idea, but you're also in the back of your mind going like, it could be, this could be anything, which I love. And that's, that's where, <laughs> okay, that's It got away from me, but that's where it started from. Well, so is that yeah. why the fool's world, the clown is the best representation to, as you say, make comments that you're making, you know, the starky comments about, you know, American society. It's because it is a blank slate or it's something exactly. that some people either. It, is it powerful also because some people either see them as either a blank slate or benign or. Oh, the fact that it scares threatening. Them. Yeah. The fact that it scares the jabbers out of people is is a plus in my book. I used to, I, I loved your gothic uh, episode because I, yeah, right. my trade name used to be photo gothy. And that used to be, mm. <laughs> if you, if you were a goth in the nineties, you saw some of my artwork in magazines and online. That's amazing. That's amazing. Wow. Um, so what do you use the fool's world for? So you said like to sell things. So what, what format is the fool's world in? Like I've seen the well, your gifts. Yeah. To be honest, it's its own thing. Now it started out as basically, hey, cause I'm uh, all the costumes, everything I make. And it's just a, it's, it's just an, to be honest at this point, it's an excuse for me to make things that I want to make and do weird things that I want to do. Um, so it's kind of its own entity in that way, but um, any more and COVID just trashed us because uh, half the cast moved away from the city. Um, you know, I wasn't able to shoot for two years, just now picking it back up again. But um, I mean, we did, we've done a couple of political skits and I take great delight because it's all clowns and because there's no anchoring to our world, as it were, I made a very long, complicated, Democrat Republican argument and nobody's quite sure which side was which huh. <laughs> which was interesting you, you know at the end of it you kind of figure out, oh that you're talking about that oh 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 but you know when you when you fish it out of context again which is what I that's the whole point of the exercise is to pull it out of context and put it into a blank slate um you're like oh right. this is all kind of dumb 
some of it's clearly more dumb and hateful than others, but <clears throat> fill, it, fill, in your, fill in your preferred uh, <laughs> political letters there. But, um, but once you, you know, extract that, and then there's also all of the, all the social mores. We're weird. America is just <laughs> a weird society. Absolutely. Um, I should just, again, again, I don't know that I'm necessarily the person to be <laughs> putting this out there, but our view about race is just weird. It's dumb <laughs> and it's weird. So the characters in Fool's World are very clearly clowns are very clearly not supposed to be people but i also make sure it's very clear they're different colors different sizes different shapes you know and it's all and but everybody comes out you know interacting the same which is another tabula rasa sort of a thing you don't you know you don't see a black person a white person and think okay i know it's going to happen it's two clowns one of whom started one way one is a you're like well okay what do i do with this and that's kind of true there's a bunch of performance-based, um, like theater-based clowning from Europe that's brilliant. Right. Um, very different. It's not circus style. It's not the birthday stuff. It's 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 basically exactly what I'm trying to do, which is the theatrical, random weirdness that doesn't place in your daily experience. So you you, you have to look at it like you have to figure it out as you go. Which is which is a whole it's other very, level of experience. It's very deep, like Comedia del Arte, and with the and and there being different types and and different archetypes that that are filled, you know, within it that you see in every um in every piece. That's that's really wild. Do you feel like um, clowns are? And you've kind of maybe said this, are are misrepresented or misunderstood in I think they're American not understood culture. at all. Mm, um, well, and and so there's it's a funny thing, and I I as somebody who's gleefully taking part in a art form without being a member of the art form per se, um, I kind right. of got an inside outside at the same time look. And there are there's a massive split among clowns between like haunt clowns who are deliberately scary, play into the it's the killer clowns the um, right, and then there's the I'll say the birthday clowns. That's not fair. That's not it's not it's used as a diminutive. I don't mean it that way. The entertainment clowns who are just trying to be right. entertaining. Find the right. haunt clowns maddening because they're undermining everything that they're doing. But at the that. same time, if you go, if you dig down a little bit, there's a lot of overlap in intention and in 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 delivery. Um, and then nobody likes the mimes, which is ridiculous because that's the hardest thing in the world to do. I can't imagine. Why don't you think people like mimes? Or why people? Why do you think people don't like mimes? Is what I meant to say. Funny thing is, everybody who I've ever met who watches somebody doing miming loves it. It's like, oh, that's fascinating. And again, part of it is you take the white out of it, the white face out of it, and people are suddenly more engaged, um, which undercuts a whole bunch of the whole point of, the whole point of the mask is to make it an everyman, to make it, you know, a blank right. slate. That's 
again, that's a, an explicit point of why you do that. Um, and also, do we, you know, there's the whole, all the white originally came from. Same thing as with Japanese geishas. Start out in candlelit, after dark. You want to see somebody. You ain't going to see somebody unless you do something, you no. know, big and bright. Um, so there's a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of traditions that come back to that same practical, well, we want, <laughs> you want to see them, here's how it's going to happen. Um, but, all right, I will, I will make the, I will make the, the, um, the admission that in, toward the end of high school, I actually did a little bit of, um, miming down in, um, down in the, down at Harbor Place, in that amphitheater. What? Yep. <laughs> we probably saw you because we worked. I wouldn't. I don't doubt it. Make that is crazy to me. Do you think that? I mean, I have a big memory of it. I saw it with your future wife um, at the University of Maryland. We were in a dorm at the miniseries. Yes, the miniseries, the original, and the I'm going to say 1990. Yes. Um, we had gone to a friend's house and they were a friend's dorm who was a RA or something. I just remember we were watching it in Cambridge, I think. Um, we were both in Centerville. Anyway, we were watching this thing and I could feel, I, I think I had probably been kind of chill about clowns before that point. And also, once again, I'm, you know, always been a person who does a lot of research and stuff. I'm not a person who usually goes, I saw this thing and now I don't like this other thing. So I think it was very gradual, but I just remember how terrifying it was. And just like, you know, a year later or so when my parents and Lynn and I went to Virginia beach for Christmas, I think it was, and saw the Godfather part three. And there was a helicopter that killed a bunch of people. It was during the summer. We went to see to Virginia beach, uh, Williamsburg or whatever. And there was a helicopter in a scene that flies over and kills a bunch of people in Atlantic city. We were walking out of the, movie theater and a helicopter came over we're like ah because it's like it's that visual thing so i think that i don't know when it was that it occurred to me that clowns had begun to terrify me all of that to say do you have a visual or a visceral memory of it which i think for a lot of people in our generation and now younger ones set the template for at least it wasn't the creation of the killer clown thing but it was a big thing. It, I was, I'm, I'm not sure about what it might have been, to be honest, in terms of like a popular phenomena. No, I, I've, I've probably watched everything Tim Curry's ever been in, and I love everything yeah. Tim Curry's ever been in. Right. I mean, never bothered me as the. He's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I didn't, I didn't take it on board the way a lot of people did. Yeah. I just yeah. thought yeah. like, oh, that's, that's cool, and, and, and again, even then. I was in the business of trying to make stories and I was kind of like, kind of a cheap way to make a, like a, it's a, it's a powerful way to make, especially in that context, make something familiar and approachable and then twist it quickly. Like it was beautifully executed, but yeah, I was, I just kind of felt a little bit like, it's almost, almost felt like lazy writing to me. I saw it in 1990 when it came out the same. I went to St. Mary's College of Maryland and I was in my friend Robin's dorm room and it was the night that the show came on. It was Sunday night 
And um, I remember after the sh- after the episode, people walked out into the hall, and somebody had floated a red balloon out into the <laughs> hall. And you could just hear everybody shriek. It was very, 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 very funny. Um, but I did have somebody walk me home that night. So I was like, and no. Um, but what's really interesting, you talked about like the mime. So I don't you know if you know this, Sam, it's a thing in black churches. Oh, yeah. Where they have, right, where they have mime, yeah. right, mime ministries. And what's so interesting, though, is somebody who, you know, has gone to, gone to churches both predominantly black ones and predominantly white ones. I remember people talking about white folks talking about, oh, the Christian mimes, oh, like it was a joke. It's like, but you don't understand the importance that those ministries have in many black churches because it's the whole idea, again, that you um, see the um, the emotion because you're focused on the face and you're focused on them telling the story of, you know, Jesus or, you know, whatever it is, but this story of devotion. And it was just so interesting that there are people who didn't get that. You're like, well, no, it's not a joke. It's, it's a serious. No. Well, I don't know if, Sam, if you know, it's, I wrote it in my book about the first time that my husband, Scott, who was white and Jewish came to, we went to my grandfather's funeral and apparently there's a, there's a mime, a liturgical mime ministry at his church in D.C., and it was in a different church. The funeral was. It was in a larger church with easier parking. But um, they said, Reverend James loved the mom ministry so much, and here she is, sister so-and-so, being a mom. And my husband looks at me, and he goes, does this happen at all your funerals? And I was like, it does not, sir. I am as (laughs) confused by this as you are. Um... But then again, there was a very powerful movie last year, A Honk for Jesus, Save Your Soul, um, where uh, the first lady of the church character was also a mime, and she's made to be a mime to save her husband's butt. She has to stand outside in, the, in her mime makeup, um, Regina Hall, um, with a sign to get people to like, you know, support him or whatever. And so that is very much the, she's trying to save this church, but really she understands that she's been humiliated. She really understands that she's been asked to carry this weight and her face, her little face is covered so she cannot show her emotion. And it's really a beautiful way of, um, of interpreting that because it seems silly because here she is in her church hat and stuff, and her mime. The mime has a name. The mime character has a name, and it's very. He's like, gotta bring her out. Time to bring out so and so. And she's like, no, 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 no. So, oh, we gotta do it. We gotta do it. Because it's about masking his pain and not hers. He wants her to be a mask for his sleaziness, and really, the she as the mime becomes a mask for her pain until she can't do it anymore. It's really brilliant and well done. So, thank you for making the connection there. It. What would you say besides the the beautifully historic things that you have said? What are the kinds of things that you might offer to people like myself who are slightly suspicious of of clown folk? Let me all right. Let, let me back you up just a second, please. Uh, one of the things, um, like I said, I've filmed a couple of these the liturgical mime uh, performances, and I've I've filmed a bunch of behind the scenes talking to camera things with the performers, mm. and speaking again to your, the mask, the mask is the point. 
Yes. All right. of it comes out of the mask because the mask means it's not you. It's not about you. Right. It's not about the performer. It's not about the ego. It doesn't necessarily work out in practice as well as in theory, but the theory is exactly this blank slate, you know, and then let the let the performance come from the blank slate. You know, let it come into you. Don't, don't it's not about you. It's not about it's not it's not the choir where you're getting your solo. This is about you just not being you and doing a thing. So the very thing that you were talking about hating the who are you mask you're being uh, that's kind of that's kind of what it's a common th- th- thread through all of it that yeah that's the point it's not a right. it's it, about it, it's about being not the person not you not you know it's, it's about that starting something sense. new and that makes sense in like a worship setting because it's supposed to be not about you, right? It's supposed to be about God and the point of what you're talking about. And so it makes sense that it's saying, this isn't about me. This is me as, like you said, as a blank slate, giving everything to the thing that I am emulating, worshiping. That's really fascinating. It is fascinating. And there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's another split in that community that I, 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 I filmed a, a surprisingly cantankerous couple of interviews on. There's a school of thought where they should, you know, the blank slate is it. And that's it. But then there's another one where it's very in, intricate, complicated, half faces, painted very individualistic faces, but, you know, white and black still. And um, they're like, well, that's not, that's, that's all about you then. Mm. at no point am I stepping into that conversation but it's interesting that there's that conversation but going going back to what you were saying I would say um, you know what what do I say to somebody who's you know like ah clowns ew Um, that's (laughs) fine I mean if, if that is your visceral reaction that's fine you're allowed that visceral reaction if it's a habitual reaction and you're like trying to deal with some, if you've got a friend who's like, oh, I'm doing this cool thing, it's really good. And you're like, ah, no, no, no. Um, look at it. Dig a little deeper. And Think I would never deeper. say, look, and once again, this is what I'm asking you because you're my friend, you're my, you're my relative basically. And so I want to know about all of the things. The whole point of this podcast is here's the <laughs> thing you like. Talk about why you like it. Talk about why people think it's cheesy or not cheesy. Tell them why you care or don't. And so I thought it'd be interesting as I said, to pick something that I'm not a super huge fan of because I love you and because I know what you do and I respect it very much. And the, the, the clown, so uh, Sam sometimes and I, and he knows this because he knows how I feel about this, I'll say something on Facebook and he will just respond to me and gifts from the fool's world. And I'm like, great. I'm <laughs> um, like I have, a, I have a friend. I have a friend who only you responds. Never ignore to me, me do you? The, I do not. I have a friend who only responds to me and gives from the wire. Uh, so it, and he, the the ones that he have found um, point uh, out to you, Mike Stuka. I see you. Um, but um, there is such a reaction because it's a very playful. Like yeah, I know this bothers you, but here it is, and I really enjoy it because it's something that comes from you and it's creative and it makes me think what is it about this that bothers me so much 
Um, and I think that you've really given me a lot to think about. I mean, the, particularly when you tied it into, you know, the you know Greek uh, theater and to just all the other parts of it. Yeah, because you're wearing a white face, then it's, you know, there's blackface and there's whatever. And there's people, like you said, who have used some of these tropes not to just be... Um, weird like a murderer but weird like a racist and weird like a you know all of these other things and i think that it's easy to corrupt things that pe that mean something to people so exactly so these things do mean something to people like i said and i i know some really cool people who are clowns and so i don't mean to ever be to to disrespect what it is that they do or that you do if you're listening please don't send me um pictures of, of Pennywise to my house. Um, with that, <laughs> that, that you know where I live, but please don't try to find out and send them to me because um, oh I don't my. want them. Um, but I, this will make me think some more. I had never heard that racist Ronald McDonald story before. You had it? No. I, mean, I don't story? ever think, unless I just blocked it out because it was too stupid. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's that, but that, and once again, that also goes back to, I would just say, he clearly meant nothing by it. He didn't know that he was being that he was doing a racism. Probably he was trying to relate to you, maybe or maybe right. he wasn't. Exactly, he was trying to be. He was trying to be hip, but it was just very. It was just so wild that he just assumed that that's the way that we talked and that he was doing. Or maybe he really was just trying to be a jerk. But no one ever knows. That was the 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 perfection of the Ronald McDonald is that it was really kind of like dropping a mic. Like, we never saw him again, and he was gone. You like, may have seen him. He may have taken his makeup off and walked by you at a bar that Maybe. night. I had no idea who it's he true. was. And, and can, I, can I point out that that sort of underlines my point of you just had to take the experience as it came. There was no context. It made no, no sense. It was just, this mask just did a weird thing. What do I do with that? It was so weird. Not the good way, but the underlying logic is still intact. Right. It, exactly. Because it is where he is. And literally, I think he was he was already gone. I think the person at the venue was like, oh, my gosh, Ronald McDonald. Because they were so excited about having him. Because like, he was like the Ronald McDonald. He was so he, he left you these these autographs. And we were like, yay, let's look at this. And then when we passed them out, we were like, I wonder which one's supposed to be ours. The three black actors also, in the show. Remember, at it that was time, so wild. The character Ronald McDonald was supposed to be uh, and 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 uh, I I cannot emphasize enough the air quotes that are in this, hip, and cool. So, I mean, he was on character, and the character was not. It wouldn't fly. There's a reason there's a Ronald McDonald now. There's there's a myriad of reasons. The whole history of the character is just weird. But tell me. Um. Can you tell us? Um. It's just, visually, it's the character has never been like a traditional clown. It's been, it's been, he's been an odd caricature of his, hmm. of his type. Um, and the, all of the, um, ad stuff he's been in has been, it's been all over the place, but if you look at it as a whole, yeah. there are definitely, if you're looking at 1960s to eighties, you know, McDonald's ads, 
they are dubious at best. I'm the same as everybody else's ads, but I'm like, I, I'm not, I'm not shocked that <laughs> McDonald's just like, yeah, no, no, this doesn't, this doesn't make our life good. And then I think it, the, the second it killed it, just like, no, mm. we're not having a clown as a spokesman. No good comes of this. Well, you know what? But you know what's so crazy though is so you don't see him embodied in the things anymore in the ads but there's still like if you go to mcdonald's like some mcdonald's still have these life-size mm -hmm. like blow up mcdonald ronald on top tell of the story building. tell the saint mary's story tell saint mary's story about the inflatable ronald mcdonald i don't remember oh was that a scott story i thought you I told me that one of you told me a story so either lynn or my husband told me the story about somebody had had stolen the inflatable Ronald McDonald from the, I thought you told me this story, had stolen the inflatable Ronald McDonald from the roof of the McDonald's. And, oh yeah, I did yeah. that, yeah. So apparently, so the school that they went to was on a landlocked place. Basically you drive and there's a college and then there's the water. I mean, there's really nowhere to go. So some <laughs> idiots stole the Ronald McDonald, the inflatable Ronald McDonald and took it <laughs> But where do you hide a giant, Oh, yeah, I remember this Inflatable story. Ronald McDonald on college campus. So it took the cops absolutely no time, was my understanding, <laughs> to go. So, and they're, like, trying to hide it. But once again, there's nowhere else to go. So it's just a really dumb thing. But I will say this, and this is a, a tangent, but it goes back to the idea that masks and costumes confuse people. When we were in, in high school, we worked at the fudgery at the harbor, which those of you who don't know was a chain of, at that point, very successful um, fudge shops where the people would make fudge and sing to you as they were doing it and perform a show making the fudge. And that's where Drew Hill got their start in Baltimore. It's a whole thing. So our friend Melanie was dressed as a giant strawberry because there was a store called Flying Fruit Fantasy that sold fruit shakes. And she would stand there in a giant strawberry costume with a little hat on, big strawberry body, with a tray of fruit shakes. So one day I was working at the fudgery and she was working as the strawberry. So she came over in her strawberry costume looking for me. And this young lady, we were, I guess, juniors in high school. Juniors. This young lady who was younger, 15 maybe. I still don't know what was wrong with her. Um, Melanie comes over, obviously, to check on me to see if I'm there. I'm not there. So I come back from my break, and this girl is ashen, just ashen. And she goes, black girl ashen. And she goes, the big strawberry was looking for you. I said, what? She goes, the strawberry, she was looking for you. She said she knew you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, like 30 years later it th more than three years later it is still so funny because i'm like she's a person with a face you don't know is, that <laughs> his name is melanie who is literally inside of a costume she is not a giant strawberry she does in fact know me as we are friends and it just freaked her out. She goes, oh, this big strawberry. And like, it, it's just something about the idea of this person speaking to her and addressing her dressed as a strawberry just freaked her out. And so I guess I should, I mean, I still think it's stupid, but I think that I maybe I should be 
kinder to this young woman in my Maybe. memory because I'm now seeing the dis the connection between that. Because even though you could see her face, it seemed deceptive. Why are you a strawberry? It, and then aside, please tell me there's pictures. Of Melanie somewhere. Yes. Um, not not of not of the girl. Um, and actually, I had no, a picture of her. Some, picture. No, um, but yeah, there's um, probably somewhere. And, and Melanie Hood Wilson, if you're listening to this, um, I, I can make them go away depending on how much money you have. Anyway. Um, if you have no, more money it, than me, you see that. Right, there you go. <laughs> it just, it was really funny. And it, like I said, now I look back, and I never made the connection before by the way that this girl, but then again, Lynn and I also, a couple summers later, worked in an amusement park, and there were people who were legit terrified of Big George Jetson coming to talk to you. There were kids who were terrified of it. My son, who grew up going to Disney World for the first five years of his life, the first time we took him to meet Mickey, he was maybe three, maybe three, and he was in my arms, and we're standing in the hallway on the way back to do the, we got the tickets for the meet and greet girl to meet Mickey, it took us forever, we're going to get this meet and greet, and we're standing in line, and the line gets, the. it was kind of creepy, like the, it was a hallway, and they keep, you know, like when they, when you go to things at Disney, they put things in the hallway to distract you from the fact that you're in a long line, and usually you're in a ride, but this was actually inside in a hallway behind like the big like general store or whatever thing, the town hall, Independence Hall thing in the front. So you're walking around, you're walking around, and the closer we get, the closer we get, Brooks is like, oh no. And he goes, I have to go to the bathroom. It's like, no, you don't. We just went, I do, I do. And he starts to cry, gotta go to the bathroom, gotta go to the bathroom. He was just potty trained at that point, like, oh, fine. So I carry him. <laughs> To the to the bathroom and I go, what is the problem? And he goes, I don't want me Mickey Mouse. <laughs> I don't want me Mickey Mouse. He's really big. He's really big. I know he was so big. I don't want me Mickey Mouse. And I said, okay. I said, well, <laughs> Gigi, my mother, and Lauren, our friend, are waiting in the hallway. Do we? Do I call them? And tell them to get out of line, which was fine. <laughs> or do we, are you going to, do you want to be a big boy? Even if we get back in the line, you don't want to do it. It's fine. But this is our last chance today to meet Mickey Mouse. And so we cannot meet Mickey Mouse for the rest of the trip if we don't meet him today. That's up to you. He goes, we're going to go back. We're going to go back. Little, you see the picture, Lynn? He was little. He was a little one. And so I'm, they say, Mom, do you want to get close to Mickey Mouse? So I'm standing next to Mickey and Minnie who are dressed in safari gear. And I'm holding Brooks, and Brooks is like, uh-huh. And he, he looks at Mickey like, hello from over here. Over to this, <laughs> la this lady's from Baltimore, and she would do something if you got my way. But just that he's a little person, and these are big things. And he'd met them before, like, walking by, but to be, like, in their face, and they were trying <laughs> to touch you and get their picture taken with you. And he was like, over there, mouse. <laughs> be be over there well, yes well it's funny a question that um came to me earlier sam mm -hmm. is when you were talking about clowns and you were saying they're obviously clowns and not people what do you term clowns as like what kind of beings are clowns so i yeah <laughs> <clears throat> I, I inadvertently conflated and separated the two things there. The Fool's World 
clown is a slightly different thing than we're talking about because that whole okay. the whole it's a whole it's a universe of its own it's supposed yeah. to it's, a, it's supposed to exist separately so the whole okay. the mask the costume the makeup it's all it's all a very uniform thing like everything is supposed to look to a, some, yes. some degree cookie cutter the same you know and then you the distinctions come from the actions not from different colored people you know it's and and again the whole there's a there's it's a very common sort of underlying thesis with with within clowning that your clown character is like three years old they're experiencing the world mm. new which is how they can interact with things in a innocent kind of a way which is why the horror clowns work so well because you you're used to that sort of an innocent clowns are sweet and they don't know anything and now they're trying to eat me um <laughs> so that's how that how that twists so very easily and part of what drives the regular quote-unquote clowns bat stuff crazy is that it gets twisted it's so easy to twist that and then you've twisted them too Mm. But in in my my ethos, I'm trying to keep that both completely innocent, and I said all all the performers are, are you know it's like you're experiencing everything for the first time. Anything that happens on camera is the like first it. time it's ever happened to you. You've never run across books before, and everything they learn about comes from books or from someone explaining it to them or for it's never they don't bring personal experience into it. Um, hmm. And like, there's a couple of in-world explanations for that. I'm not. I don't have. I don't have a. I don't have a canon explanation for it. It just is the way it makes sense. Um, yeah, I love so that. So that's, that's what I mean by that's that kind of universal clown thing of being a very a very blank slate, a very wow. new to the world, taking the world as it comes. And I mean, that's what. That's why a clown can amuse you almost endlessly. Because, you know, somebody somebody inter, interfacing with a balloon for the first time, balloons are weird. Like, yeah. hey, there's this thing that floats. And, they can pull it. What? and again, which is why the it thing works so great. It's like, oh, it's a balloon. Everybody loves balloon. No, 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 they don't. No, <laughs> no, no, no not this one. Balloon. <clears throat> they all float they down all float here. Down you don't here. want that. So, um, is there anything else that you want people to know about clowns i mean this was once again this is why i love this show um not just because i host it but i love it because yeah. we're beginning to learn we're learning so much like i said in the very beginning it was that i still love those things like murder she wrote and soap operas and that kind of thing but the fact that we've begun as of late like you know we did a an episode we recorded before this which you'll hear was sort of like i won't give away the actual the the artist but it's the juxtaposition of loving an artist and not loving their art or vice versa loving their art not loving the artist and what that means and we've been having some really interesting still funny but some really interesting discussions and some nuanced discussions about sort of where these things sit in culture and what they say about us as a culture and so I, I'm so grateful, Sam, that you came on to talk to the, to me about this. I'm really going to think about about this, um, and I'm not going to scream every time you send me a gift now. Um, well, then, what's the point? Ah, see, ah! reverse psychology. He's like, yes, I'm going to keep sending. 
Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Anyway, um, yeah, I know this is really great. You're going to keep getting them. I'm sure you will. So, that. Sam, is a thing we always ask at the end of this discussion. As you know, since you produced the show and have listened to way too much of it, um, we ask... Just enough at, of it. Just enough of it. At, at <laughs> the end of this episode, do you believe that clowns are cheesy? And if they are, do you do you care? Um, sometimes yes, sometimes no, and I embrace it. That's almost the point. (laughs) That's so cool. Well, Sam, where would you like people to be able to find you um, on social media or out in the world? Tell us how to find you. Um, In this context, thefoolsworld.com spreads you everywhere that that goes. Excellent. And any other way that... You want to be found to to do any of the of the other artistic things to sort of publicize the other things that you do? Yeah, well, let's let's focus. That's cool. I'll just be that fool's world guy. Okay, rock on. Well, Sam, this has been amazing. We love you uh, personally, and we um, this was freaking fun. <laughs> this was. This and was now so I want fun. another salad. Lynn and I had salads a couple hours ago. And now I'm sitting here going, this is like a really interesting discussion. I had a chance to think and think about my humanity and my body and what I want. I was like, what I really want is another Caesar salad. So um, I'm probably going to go make that happen. And um, I love you guys both. And we have a new tagline, Sam, that you don't know about. Oh. (laughs) Yes, yes. And he's like, I'm going to be editing it out after this conversation. It's you, you, you may think you do. Let's see. <laughs> or do you keep keep it breezy, keep it cheesy. It's cheesy. Well played. Ah, enjoy. You will never hear this tagline, America. Okay, bye, y'all. <laughs> bye, everybody. Thank you.